Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Gerald is here with you, of course, and thank you so much for tuning in again this week. You know, it's exciting. We do these top fives every week, and often I would say if I had to put a number on it, probably like 80% of the time it's movies. But every once in a while, we go into the world of music, and we bring music into the main show here on the Top Fives. And it just so happens that this guy is along for the ride for a lot of those. And we were kind of jokingly talking about it on social media a few weeks ago. I don't think that's intentional, but I am thrilled every time he brings his energy and his love of music to this show. And I had to call on my guy, Emron, from the Jack and Nerd podcast. Jack and Nerd, what's up, brother? How you dude, doing, man? Dude, well, I'm so happy to be back, Gerald. Uh, yeah, I first of all, I love the opportunity because on my podcast, we don't talk about music. I love talking about music. Second of all, the, I, the show is back. I couldn't yeah. be more happy. I was very excited to see yeah. Two Peas come back because it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's always very educational mm-hmm. and fun to listen to. So welcome back. Well, thanks, man. And I love doing this show, too, just because I have these different guests every week. So there's always such different tastes and insight and you know commentary on whatever the movies or music we're talking about. But, you know, when me and you get together, we have pretty similar sensibilities, especially when it comes to music, especially when it comes to, like, the 90s. Yeah. And, you know, I said, so Imran was mentioning before we started recording here, and I'll let him kind of elaborate, but... For my patrons over on Patreon, I do an exclusive series where I'll count down my top 100 songs in a given category, and I just got done doing my 1990s grunge rock countdown, which was a lot of fun, and I was going through that the last few months and and coming up with a list even before that, so I've really been working on that for about six months or so, and it kind of inspired me to take a couple acts that really kind of were frequents on that countdown and like you know this would be a good top five to like pick the songs of a few of these bands now i've already done nirvana which as you know is a friend of mine is my favorite band of all time i've already done them but i haven't done this band i I threw green day at you which is another one i think i'm going to do in the future but what band are we going to be talking about tonight what songs are we counting down tonight oh we are doing top five pearl jam songs right let me tell you this is Great for so many reasons. First of all, heavily inspired by that 90s countdown listener, this is worth the support over at Patreon. <laughs> Don't wait. Run over there. Oh, thanks, Sign man. up. I loved this 90s countdown. Thanks, it man. Was, like he said, it was all my shit, too. It's all the music I loved <laughs> in the 90s, and uh, it was fun. I played a couple of games. It was fun, you know, listening. I was like, I wonder how many spots this band's going to have. Right, right, right. right. Too. And while I wasn't really surprised at your number one, I was surprised at the song pick of the number one yeah me too that the band i was expecting that yeah me too i tried to 
throw, yeah, I tried to explain it on the, I just felt like it would be inauthentic to, to pick had, anything yeah. other than that. I mean, that's not my favorite song of theirs. It had to be that one. So. But it, that's it, man. So I don't want to spoil it. You want to know what we're talking about? Go side joint. Right, 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 right. And anybody knows me personally is probably like, well, we know what band's number one. Exactly. And, and this song might be a bit of a surprise is what no, everyone's saying. It was, but It was great. I look forward to each segment as it was getting closer and closer. Uh, and so then that ties into the second reason I love doing this because this is my jam too, right? Like mm-hmm. grunge music, we were around to see the birth of like hip hop grunge music. Yeah. This uh, early program to me is late high school, but mostly college. Mm-hmm. I was in art school in Brooklyn, being being uh, you know surrounded by artists, listening to grunge music. It mm-hmm. was an amazing time of my life that it's that it reminds me of, right? Uh, sure. And, and getting turned on, and then also the reason I picked up learning guitar was because of this whole Nirvana and Pearl Jam and everything. So uh, I go way back with the Pearl Jam. And it's going to be an interesting discussion because you forget these these dudes have been putting out albums for like the last almost 30 years. They really have. Now, right? you know, when I, when I did my Nirvana list, which, which was with a good college buddy of mine, Chris, him and I did that top five together a couple of years ago. And, you know, when it comes to Nirvana, like I know everything inside and out. Like sure. they're, my, they're my favorite band of all time. Like I can sing any song on any album and whatever, whatever. And I know the background to a lot of songs. When it comes to Pearl Jam, however, and I want to get this out up front because I want to kind of see where your fandom is too, Emron. But when it comes to Pearl Jam's catalog, I don't know every song front to back. I'm not as intimate with them as a fan as I would be with a band like Nirvana or Soundgarden. But I am a fan of that band and I do like them a whole, whole lot. I don't know. Where do they fall for you? Like if we're talking like 90s rock, is Pearl Jam like in your top five bands? Where are they at for you? Yes, it's definitely top five. They're definitely up there. They're definitely, you know, part of the sound that that shaped a movement. But then it's amazing to watch this band, you know, fight against uh, corporations uh, and and evolve and try Mm -hmm. to shed off that thing and then fight against the critics, try -hmm. to make music for themselves and how like there's there's so like post 90s era Pearl Jam, they're still touring. They're still, mm-hmm. they they fill arenas. Yeah, that's the thing. Longevity, man. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's intense, buddy. And they are true artists, too. Like, you never get the sense with Pearl Jam that, you know, they're any different now in 2022 than they were in the 90s. Right. Like, you just get this sense that they just, and I know this sounds cheesy when you hear it, but I think it is true with a band like Pearl Jam is that they're literally just doing it for the music, for the art. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's their job, so to speak, but it's like, they're making the most of it, you know. I like you never. In other words, you never get a sense like, oh, I wonder how many al- how many you know albums we're going to sell. We put like I don't feel like they're sitting around thinking about that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel, I, yeah, I feel like they just they want to put out albums just for an excuse to go tour. Really, right, right. Just, right. Like, they can get paid to go out there because it's evident by the set list that you know a lot of the songs they still play twenty five <clears throat> years later. Yeah. Uh, but you know, still undeniable. Eddie Vedder's voice, the guitars, the it lyric, is. it's undeniable from the very beginning. Now you're a nineties uh hip hop guy too, I know. Yes. And just a little uh, insider tip for you, that's coming up as well. I'm gonna do a nineties hip hop countdown over oh, there on Patreon I too. I can't wait for that one. And <laughs> you know, there's great pop music in the nineties too. You still that's the next Jackson. one I'm doing. Yeah. Was putting out great songs, Prince, Madonna. They were all putting out crazy things in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot to mind. Yeah. I figured I would just do a whole nineties series because when I started doing a nineties countdown, I'm like, well, this is like all grunge. So I'm just going to do a grunge one, yeah. and then I'll come back and do a couple other categories. So we're going to do pop, and we're going to do hip hop over there too. So man, the movies uh, were the same way. '90s movies, yeah, dude. So many crazy different things coming out all at once. Like you don't see that really. 
Yeah, I mean, you got you know Tarantino, David Fincher. Like, I mean, it was just the nineties were just the nineties were a time, man. It was a, it was a crazy <laughs> it was, creative time. It was, it was an era, Let's brother. All go back. We sound oh, so old. Oh man, fantastic. yeah, I remember back in my day. <laughs> Um, well, Imran's here, guys, from Jock and Nerd. I'm a big fan of this dude, big fan of his show over there with Anthony and Rugboy. You guys you guys do a great... Uh, please look in the show notes, guys, if you haven't heard Imran on this show before. He is a frequent guest here, and every time he comes on, it's a hoot. So, like I said, Imran, we usually dive into music, man, and we're going to do it again here. So, we're going to do our top five Pearl Jam songs, kind of inspired by Imran and Mai's mutual love for the 1990s and for 90s kind of Seattle sound, which Pearl Jam was definitely at the forefront of that whole movement. So you want to get us started, brother? You want to kick things off with your number five tune from PJ? Absolutely. Let's have some fun. So you're going to find out that I do kind of heavily favor the early albums. Same. I'm with you. I was all in hardcore and then I kind of forgot about them for a long time, right? And then I was like, oh, they're still making albums. But there's something just about the early, raw, hungry uh, uh, albums. So my number five is coming off the Versus album. It came out in 1993, their second album. And it's going to be Daughter. Mm, good know, one. This was, good it one. Was, it was kind of a big radio hit. I believe they got a, they got a Grammy nomination. But mm-hmm. from the opening, like I believe it's a 12-string guitar, the jangly chord riff. Uh, and then it just yeah. the the this awesome long fade out it has. It's kind of like a, a, a trance beat. It's almost like a dance beat ending the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just so it's emotional. Uh, apparently, a song about a girl with learning disabilities. Sing along. It's one of their great anthem songs. Yeah, this is a good one. This is uh, Pearl Jam doing ballads, pretty much. I mean, this yeah. is one. Of, this is one of their kind of like. I mean, it's not acoustic, but you know what I mean. It's a more stripped down kind of ballady number. Um, yeah, I considered it. It didn't end up making my ultimate list, but it probably would be really close, like eleven or twelve, uh, if I'm including my honorable mentions. I mean, so versus is my favorite album of theirs. I was going to throw that out at the top here. Nice. Yeah. 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 Was, my I'm favorite. I'm still album. torn between ten. I love Mythology. Let me tell you, even con- confining it kind of to early Pearl Jam, this was a very hard list to nail five down to be. It was. It was. Because I, f- I found myself also going back to those first few albums and then uh, a couple other things I'll mention, but... I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't fall off with my love of Pearl Jam as you know. We got into the two thousands and stuff, but I just didn't. I guess it's to be. I guess this could be said for really any nineties act is that I just didn't. I wasn't as passionate about it 
Does that make sense? Like yeah, I wasn't yeah. like I wasn't in line at the record store in like 2005, whereas yeah. I probably was in 95. So I don't know. Things started happening in life, started having children, like whatever, whatever. Um, so I was really, really passionate. Like it was my life in the early 90s, you know, just listening to grunge, going to concerts, like that whole thing. So I think that's where most of my list you're going to kind of see shows up too. So I remember more following Eddie Vedder's like solo stuff in, yeah. during that time because he was doing some soundtracks. He was doing some great solo stuff. Yeah. He sings cool. with this Pakistani like Kowali singer, Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan. You know, I'd heard of that, but I don't oh. know if I've heard any oh of that. Oh my God. It's from that movie with Sean, where Sean Penn's in prison. I can't remember. It's on that. Uh, Dead Man Walking. Dead Man Walking. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. What a, what a beautiful song. And just to hear the, the East Pakistani sound and Eddie Vedder, right there with this guy who has an amazing voice. It's Hell a yeah. fantastic song. You should check that one out. That's great. Yeah, I, I love that movie. I just can't place it right now, but I had I do remember uh, when that happened. So you know, you're talking about soundtracks. What a segue, dude! Did you do that on purpose? Oh, well, possibly. <laughs> right there. there was a movie that uh, is not necessarily like you're not going to find it on any like greatest movies list or anything. But I love this fucking movie so much because. It really is a lighthearted snapshot kind of of grunge Seattle. And it's a movie called Singles oh, that Cameron Crowe did. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm I sure you're a fan of this movie. too. Yeah. So it came out in 92. And so did the song that's featured in the movie and on the soundtrack called Breath. That's my number five. There'll, there'll be a little clipper on the episode, but this song is just, it's, it's like a more rock. It's like that kind of like even flow esque Pearl Jam where it's like really kind of like balls to the wall rock and tune, but it kind of fits in the environment of this romantic comedy, which is essentially what singles is at its core. And I don't know, man, I just, anything that, I got another one from this movie and my honorable mentions as well, but any, anytime I like am transported back and I think of the movie singles, it just makes me so happy. you'll know this but like the early to mid 90s it was like a dark emo time yeah. <laughs> you know like grunge was not necessarily like happy go lucky you know what i mean but this movie kind of took that and it made it kind of fun and it like incorporated the world of dating so 
You know, I remember hearing stories about how Cameron Crowe wanted to essentially do what became Friends, the TV show. Yeah. And it was kind of based on this. So this is kind of like a grunge version of Friends that takes place in Seattle. And could you imagine, I know you were just talking about growing up in New York and you know being around when all that hip-hop and sh- stuff yeah. was coming out. I mean, could you imagine living in Seattle in like 1990 and 91 and like going to clubs and seeing like Screaming Trees and Nirvana and Soundgarden and like 100 people there, maybe 50 people? I mean, just to be a part of that and live through it. And Singles kind of captures that in kind of like a fun, you know, like cinematic way, I felt like. And anytime I, mean, I can remember that, I love it. it. And it was like early, like Cameron Crowe really had his finger on the pulse, right? He hit this right before Grunge blew up. I, I think not a lot of people even knew Pearl Jam at the time. They're in the movie. Right. They're friends with him big time, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Uh, and I thought I thought you were going to say another song from the soundtrack, which almost made I am. It's coming up from honorables. Oh, hold on, <laughs> but I love how they're in that. And, you know, PJ 20, the documentary that came yeah, out like yeah. five years ago or so, you know, Cameron Crowe directed that because he's lifelong friends with the band. Uh, that's just so cool to me, man. Just two artists like doing two completely different mediums, but like they're along the ride for each other's careers the whole way. Like that's so cool to me, you know? Well, and um, all those songs are like at a great time in Pearl Jam's career. Like there are yeah. those early '90s songs are just so. There's a tune called "Breath," which is a bit of a deep cut, perhaps, unless you're a fan of singles. But uh, I love that song, and I love the other one too, Imran. So I'll talk about it when okay, we do our yeah. when we do our honorable mentions. But that's my number five, man. What's your what's your four over there, buddy? All right, number four, we are going to jump to uh, the Vitology album that just came out. <laughs> A year after Versus, 1994. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's hard. I think this may be my favorite song on the album. It is Corduroy. Hey. Well, we got our first little crossover action here. Oh, boy. You You know what? I meant to ask you. I meant to ask you if uh, my countdown over there that you listened to on Patreon, if that was going to maybe spoil some things for you. Do you remember what I had on there or no? You had. Yes. You had, um, I think, Corduroy. Because I did have Corduroy on there. Highest uh, Pearl Jam song, I believe. No. No? But close. Close. It is on there. No, I remember it being on there. Um, also notable because this was like I it, that the next year, '95, when they toured for this album. I was, I think, I had come home from college. I took my sister. Must have been 18, 19. My sister was still in like her middle teens. She loved all the music I loved. We went to see them at Soldier Field, uh, and it was our first like big arena show. And it was the day what? after Jerry Garcia played the last show at the Grateful Dead, like the day before at Soldier Field. Wow, and this dude. Was, yes, and this was so long. This is also during the time they're battling Ticketmaster. And so I remember buying tickets. I had to go to somebody's house. He was just selling tickets. I don't even know. It might have been early internet. Where did I see? I saw an ad, and I called this dude. And he's like, yeah, I got tickets. And I just drove over there, bought tickets off of him uh, because <laughs> they, they were too selling it independently. And I fucking love this song because it's just, uh, I think it has one of the best 
breakdowns and build back ups in any other songs. No doubt. You know, in the middle, it slows down and then it just starts building back up with that couple note riff. Uh, and it's great. And like the idea that it's about a battered corduroy jacket where he. I know. Like, yeah. Fuck, this is a $12 jacket and he sees it being sold for like 650 Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention that when I talk about it too. That, you know, I love the story behind it. It's just kind of like the price of fame, which is really what the song's about. You know, this is like. And you kind of get the sense that Eddie Vedder is like that too, where he's like, guys, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, don't spend a thousand dollars on this. Like, I got it at the thrift shop. You know what I mean? What are you doing? Um, and you kind of feel like that's maybe what he's kind of thinking in his mind, but you know he's not going to be able to convince a million fans that are following him for whatever reason. It's just it's just kind of that beautiful relationship, but also kind of flawed relationship that we have with celebrities and stuff like that. I and that's kind of what the song's about. I would rather starve than eat your bread. Yep, yep. I mean the lyrics, the lyrics, and the emotion that he delivers every time. Yeah, that's great, man. That's a great tune. It's coming up on my list too. However, I kind of started with a curveball, and this might be a curveball, although okay. it although it was really popular for them, but it's a cover song of Wayne Cochran's Last Kiss. Oh, I'm so glad you put this on the list. Uh, yeah. Now, I don't know, man. There's just something about... So this is like a, a tragic, like kind of like teenage love song about uh, a kid who loses his girlfriend in a car accident, essentially. So it's a very deep, kind of like somber song. But Pearl Jam, like, it's so it's so beautifully done, and it's so true to the original. Have you heard the original, Imran? Yeah, no, I love, uh, you know, Wayne Cochran, kind of like early that early rockabilly, rock and roll right. kind of feel. And I used to be, like, in a rockabilly band. I've always loved that that old stuff. And the picture this paints in your head when yeah. he better sings it. Like, I see this movie in black and white. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does it so well. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great pick. And I want to say this song I heard initially, correct me if I'm wrong and I don't have it in front of me, but I feel like it was on like a tribute. You know how they used to do the, uh, like artists would get together on a compilation album and it would be like a tribute to something. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, so I, yes. I, I feel like it was that or it was like for a charity or something, like AIDS research or something to that effect. I can't remember, but it was on one of those compilation discs and I worked at a record shop at the time and that's how I was initially introduced to it. And I'm like, I think that's Eddie Vedder. And then, of course, it was. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Pearl Jam doing this, like, you know, old 60s tune or whatever. And it just has endured. Like, I've, it's just constantly been in my zeitgeist. And I've just always, I always enjoyed it anytime I hear it on the radio or whatever, despite kind of the somber, like, tone of the song. I feel like it's still, a, you know, Pearl Jam kind of 
was true to the original, but they kind of put their own PJ spin on it, um, and I really and I really like it. Yeah, a little grit, a little dirt on it. No, and they have a ton of like B sides, soundtracks, singles, yeah. one off songs that you forget about. And you're like, oh, that was really good too. I forgot they did this. And mm-hmm. This is absolutely one of them. Yeah, man. So Last Kiss is my number four, and we're up to our threes, man. What do you got at number three? You had Corduroy at four, Daughter at five, and what do you got next, man? Number three, uh, I got to represent 10, of course, the original, which is still, it's an amazing album. Again, I don't know. I love those first three. I don't know which one I love the best. I know. And this song is kind of a played out song. It's the one song they did a video for, but God, is it a powerful song to this day. Of course, it's Jeremy. Uh, This is probably like one of the first Pearl Jam songs I heard that like introduced me to grunge music in high school in a buddy's car. I believe I still remember like it was nighttime. And the song came on, and I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck is this? And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the video is powerful. At home, going pictures of mountain tops with him on top. Lemon yellow sun, arms raised in the feet. You know, it's a cliche song, but you know, again, the story. He reads still topical with school shootings. He reads. I know that's the thing is like I, this isn't on my list because it's too real. <laughs> like this is too real. real. Like it's like how is this still a thing? Like thirty years later, like it's worse in some cases than it was back then. But you know, this is based on a true story. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. kid, so the kid, when it was in middle school, I think it was like eighth or ninth grade or something. And he went in and, you know, killed himself in front of his whole class, Whatever. which... Like, I'm going out. That's how yeah. Man, but it's just, it's so dark yeah. and emotional and raw. And really, I don't think I ever heard anything like that up until no. that time. I was into, no. like, hip-hop and R&B and, like, pop music. And suddenly you hear this. And it gave, it, ga- and it gave a... It showed us early, early on that Pearl Jam, and, of course, we saw this later with, like, the Neil Young stuff and just different... Um, you know what they would kind of get behind in terms of like uh, being activists for certain things and so on but we saw it early early on with this song because it was a really important tune like in, in grunge music you know and I'm sure it wasn't the only one I'm doing this off the top of my head but you know probably the most popular at least like that was really important that was trying to like you know report the news almost but do it through grunge music and you didn't get that a lot you know you got you got more like we're here to you know headbang and you know we're here to you know crash our instruments and beat them into the speakers and like which was fucking great i loved all of it you always want to see that but but you didn't get a lot of aside from maybe like rage you didn't get a lot of like political messages and stuff um in the music you know and all meanwhile over at hip-hop right it's all over the place you know right and it's it's impactful and uh yeah like it's still to this day man that song i still love and just that imagery too, man. Yeah. The imagery. It's like, yeah, you know, it, you see all the, the, yeah, with his arms raised in a V. But, you know. Yeah, and it's like, 
you know, it's like when you see a movie and it's based on a true story. It's like, you know, this, I mean, you think to yourself, like, oh, shit, this really happened. Like, you know, this is crazy. I mean, imagine sitting in school that day, you know, and your buddy, you know, like, blowing his head off in front of the class. I mean, that's, I mean, you're never going to, that's something that's going to be with you forever, you know? And they show that in the video. Which they like, do. Think about that. That's very jarring if you don't know that's coming. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. something we got to talk about is, like, I got into re- re- uh, reaction video, like the reactors, like, Sure. This new generation. And some of the best reaction videos I love watching are people <laughs> discovering Pearl Jam for the first time. Right, it right. It's so crazy. Because they're like, oh, my God, listen to his voice. I've never heard anybody sing like this. There's so much emotion. They're yeah. playing instruments. Like, yeah. They, they what play- is this? Yes. There's no auto-tune. What is this? I'm like, you have no idea. And they all love it. And, like, just, oh, it's, it's so funny. But it also makes me feel good. I'm like, yes, discover this music now. Well, you're, uh, it's going to be a quick turnaround back to you, buddy. My number three, you already mentioned, is Corduroy. From oh, Vi- yeah, Corduroy at three. Wow, very close. That's from right. Vitology. I mean, you already, you know, we, we already touched on it beautifully, but I mean, just the, the kind of slow buildup in this song, it's it's a little folksy. It's definitely rock. Um, and like I already said, I just love the message in the song on kind of like our battle with, with fame, you know, whether you're talking about it from the audience perspective, in this case, you know, from the celebrity's perspective, like just that kind of uh, delicate relationship that the artist has with the audience and kind of like what's real and what's not and, you know, what's really important, you know what I mean? And what Eddie Vedder, you know, the reason he kind of wrote this song is because like we already mentioned the corduroy jacket, you know, he had this jacket that actually became famous in the Jeremy video. So another segue for you there. Um, it was like 12 bucks at a thrift shop and it you know, became popular in that video and people were selling them and buying them for six, $700. And it's, you know, and that's kind of what inspired him to write the song. And it, you know, is no, it's my favorite song on Vitology and I love that album very much. Yeah, so yeah. if that tells you anything, so that's my number three, it was your number four. So we got a little crossover there. We're back over to you for your runner up, buddy. Number two, you know, you also think about how many copycat bands came out just biting his vo- his voice and kind of the basic structure and it was and yet eddie has survived right they've survived uh, those bands have come and gone uh number two i want to talk a little bit about how I, I love that i hear all these great influences you hear classic rock influences in solos neil young you hear a lot of beatles mm-hmm. in all their songs and you hear of course Jimi hendrix so my number two is the b-side to jeremy yellow Ledbetter. yeah good one Released good one 19- another ballad another ballad i, I, I see you like those yeah i have a lot actually i have a lot of ballads in my top five even though i love their <laughs> rocking songs yeah. something about the ballads and his voice but this i love for many reasons one you don't know what the fuck he's singing about that's probably true. the be- it's like his most yeah. indiscernible song true uh what it what is he singing about do you have any idea <laughs> Uh, I, I, still know. Know. I still don't know. I still don't know. better, man. I still don't know.
you can feel it in his voice that it's something sad. You know, in a lot of the songs, he's also tapping into his youth and you know his upbringing with his stepfather and stuff like that. You feel that. <laughs> but I love the uh, the allusion to maybe Lead Belly with the lead, you know, yellow lead. Right, belly, right, uh, sure. Birth of the Blues. And they always played this at, at the encore. I remember when I saw them, the show ended and they ran off. And I was like, well, you fuckers better come back and play Yo, Let Better. I was dying to see them play that live. Of course, they saved this for the encore. It's got a great little Hendrixy, like Little Wing guitar intro and line. Uh, and yeah, no, I, I, lo- I love this B side. That, yeah, that's a good one, man. I, I considered it. I don't know. I guess I don't, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I don't, but you know what? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't, because no, it's very Pearl Jammy, you know? It does it on even flow, too, right? But this right. one is even less decipherable. You just, and you just kind of phonetically sing along. Well, let's go, let's go, man. We're up, so that was, so Yellow Ledbetter was your runner-up. My runner-up, I'm just going to fucking, I feel like we're friends, Emra. I'm just going to say this, man, okay? This is the song I lost my virginity to. Oh, shit. That's, All right. Okay. Now, now, it was, it was on, <laughs> the fact that it's not number one might tell you a little bit about the experience. It's okay, my runner-up, well. you know? <laughs> but uh, I didn't mention that when I did my 90s countdown over there uh-huh. on Patreon, but uh-huh. I'm just going to throw it out there. But it's uh, Black from the 10 album. Oh, shit. All right. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, that wasn't why, it wasn't like it was an aphrodisiac or anything. That just happened to be this, like we were listening to 10, the album. Yeah. And it just happened to be, you know, on track five when, when the business went down. And, uh, you know, did I make it until he started singing? Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Before the guitar intro. It's a long you know. song, Carol. Black man, man, that's a great song to lose your virginity to. Honestly, (laughs) that's if you had to pick any song, that's not a bad pick. Yeah, sure, but yeah, I won't mention the young lady's name, and I don't think she's listening. But uh, not sure if she would recall. But (laughs) the song is like about a breakup and loss. Yeah, I know. It's a really emotional tune, man. It's um, you know, it's got a lot of heavy uh, stuff going on in there. So, but that's a memory that obviously, I mean, I just have forever, and I love the song anyway. It's, I think it might be, and we're we're listing a lot of them here, and I don't know if you agree. Um, but I feel like it might be Eddie Vedder's like most beautiful kind of like song from like from I mean just from the act of singing I mean just like purely voice 
you know, Sowie's kind of reciting this tune and these kind of like breakup lyrics, this heartbreak that he's trying to convey in the song. And, you know, I had read, uh, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the countdown I did, but I had read at some point that, you know, they wouldn't record this song live because it was too emotional for Eddie. Yeah, it's hard to do, man. Until they sang live, you know, so. Um, But yeah, Black for me is my favorite song on the 10 album. And it's, uh, I think, my only ballad I've got on here, man. I think. But yeah, it's my number two. Yeah, there you go. Well, we have some crossover then. Ooh, what are you going to say, man? What are you going to do? All right. If we are, what are we at? We're at number one, right? Mm -hmm. Number Mm -hmm. one. Mm-hmm. My number one is Black, but it it's is. a specific version of Black, and it is Ooh. the MTV Unplugged version. Yeah, so good, man. Of Black, because I because I was watching these reactors, and I'm watching these guys watch this video, and yeah, you every time I watch this video, it gives me chills. It like brings tears to my eyes. The ad libs he takes, the emotion in his voice, in this stripped down version of this haunting song. Right. Every time you, I watch it, it hits. It's got some of my favorite lyrics. Like, I love the end refrain. I know someday you'll have a beautiful life. I know you'll be a star in somebody else's Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why, why can't it be mine? Yep. Go into ad libs on that one where he goes, We belong together, right? Where he's like, We belong, we belong. And it's just, oh, it's mm-hmm. so good. And he's mm-hmm. shaking and he's gyrating and he's convulsing and you feel right. it. And I just thinking about it, it gives me chills right now. Like, it's yeah. such a great performance. Very personal tune, man. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell that. Now, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to ask Eddie and the guys, but I feel like it's aged well, the song. I mean, I feel like it's yeah. still, you know, if you're in the teenage love and you're going through heartbreak Absolutely. or. You know, maybe even if you're being separated from your spouse, or I mean, who knows? I feel like it still could speak to you in that way. And yeah, those those lyrics are deep and they're personal. And uh, whenever an artist shares that on a mass scale, there's something special about it. So it's why it's one of my favorites too. So I'm not too surprised we crossed up on it. I feel like it's definitely one of their greatest songs. Oh, you know that Stain cover by Aaron Aaron Lewis from Stain? Yeah, That's really good too. That was really good as well. Yeah, I really like that song, uh, that cover as well. So my number one is from yeah. my favorite Pearl Jam album, which I already mentioned is Versus. Yeah. And it's Rear View Mirror. It was a beating Made me wild 
a good one. There you go. Um, I mean, it's rocking Pearl Jam, man. It's uh, it's Pearl Jam kind of unleashed. You know what I mean? There's a couple other songs I'm going to mention, my honorable mentions, that are also on Versus that are very in a very similar vein. Uh, but yeah, this song is just from from the first chord until the song fades out at the end. It's just like, we're here to rock your world. Uh, you know, it's got a pretty simple message in it about, you know, leaving the past behind yep. and not focusing on things like he sang in black, probably. Right. Um, and, you know, looking to- towards what's in front of you. You know, if it's in your rearview mirror, it's the past. If it's in front of you, it's the future. And we're right here in the present. It's a very simple kind of cliched message, but I feel like they were able to just put enough rock and roll into it that it doesn't matter, that it's such kind of a, a, a watered down message in the song. Uh, and I love it. I mean, it's, it's uh, obviously it's my favorite Pearl Jam song to this day. So, and uh, I love that versus album so much, man. I remember when that album came out, and I like Ten, big fan of Ten. I yeah. still am. Yeah. But I don't know. There was just something different about Versus when I got it, and I was like, you know, this is. I don't. I just felt like it was better, and you know, they had kind of matured in a lot of areas musically and uh, lyrically, and it was like a, it was a, it was a more graduated kind of feeling than what we got on Ten, which was a more raw kind of like we're trying to figure out what we're doing which I also which is great when you hear artists kind of doing that and kind of learning as they're going along I mean look at an album like Bleach from my favorite you know Bleach is not like Very an amazing <laughs> amazing musically oh but, but that's what you love exactly it's exactly like exactly so in verses I felt like okay I'm not saying more polished even necessarily although it was but I'm just saying I just felt like they kind of had uh, you know, they had gotten a lot of practice in, and I kind of felt like on Versus they were able to unleash a lot of the stuff they learned over the last couple years or whatever it was between 10. Versus has some great songs. I'm just looking at the track list, and they're all, they're yeah. all really good. You know, it also ends with kind of a slow, uh, contemplative jam like uh, the first one does, which is also great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Rearview Mirror, yes, that opening riff just yeah, dude. is so good. Saw things so much clearer once you were in my Rearview Mirror. Yeah, dude. And that guitar riff in the beginning, I think he plays that. Like I love seeing Eddie play more guitar as the years have gone by. And, yeah, you know, I think that was the first. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was the first recording, I believe like so. that they actually laid down where he played guitar. Like live, he's playing that riff and singing, right. which is like that's tricky. And, yeah, uh, but it's a good and also it's a good driving song. You ever th- throw that on while you're driving? Yeah, it's dude. Like a good like open road rearview mirror. Hell yeah, dude. He's got be on the road trip playlist man it's gotta yeah, be it's definitely a good road trip song no that's solid i love that song too so there we go rear view mirror is my number one black was your number one i tell you what imran let me just do a quick promo break and when i come back man we're gonna just remind everybody what we had on our list and then we're gonna give some honorable mentions and we will also head over to social media because we got some shout outs online as well and we'll see if any of the fans had anything to say that perhaps we did not mention uh tonight imran sit tight man we'll be right back Hello, listeners. Did you know that there is a lot more content where this episode came from? As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes, just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com slash two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. 
Welcome back, guys. As I said pre-break, my buddy Imran from the Jock and Nerd podcast is here. Oh, shit. What <laughs> I should have had you bring the sound drop. No, the oh, oh shit the sound drop. I love oh, I the sound you, drop. I thought you dropped something. <laughs> you thought something oh, happened. Shit. No. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, what happened? Are you okay? Do I need to call somebody? <laughs> that I was really saying, oh, shit. Yes, we have a soundboard that uh, sometimes says, oh, shit. And, oh, yeah, that's no, oh, my favorite sound drop. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we just discussed our favorite Pearl Jam songs, and I want to wrap it up for everyone, Imran, and just remind them. So tell them what your five were again. All right. Number five, I had Daughter. Number four, Corduroy. Number three, Jeremy. Number two, Yellow Leadbetter. And Black, the unplugged MTV version at the Lo- number one spot. Love it, man. Great list. My number five was Breath from the single soundtrack, Last Kiss. At number four, my number three was Corduroy, my number two was Black, and my number one was Rearview Mirror from Versus. That's our top five. Imran, I usually do five honorable mentions around on my top ten. What do you got in your honorables over there, buddy? Oh, boy. that's Those are two solid lists, first of all. Like, yeah, they are. Yeah. Either of them. Those are all great songs. Uh, single soundtrack, I, I, I almost had this in, State of Love and Trust. Yeah, dude. Great rocker. Great, like, early Pearl Jam rocker. I love that song. I thought Agreed. you were going to say that. Agreed. Uh, and then, like, oh man, there's. I, it's so hard to do because again, versus has amazing tracks. Uh, I, I mean, I love Animal. I love WMA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm not even going to mention your Alive's, your Even Flows. Like everybody's going to say that. Uh, but then Better Man, what a fun, almost like pop song, pop grunge song. Yeah, it got played out, but yeah, it, such a good it tune. It got man. played out, but now when they play it and like the arena sings along with him, like that's well, crazy, it, man. It, did, it, did you see? Uh, did you see the Post Malone cover that he did on Howard Stern? Oh no, I didn't see that. I did. It see was Post just like Malone. a week ago. Uh, I saw Post Malone cover Nirvana. Yeah, he did a Nirvana concert. He did a but pretty good job. I was like, that's not bad, Posty. But yeah, it was just like two or three weeks ago. He was on Howard Stern and he did a a cover of Better Man in like honor of his brother that I guess died in the war, I think, uh, because his brother was a huge Pearl Jam fan. Yeah. So he did that song for him. But yeah, it was, it was a cool, you can see it on YouTube if you want to look it up. But yeah, oh, that's, a good, that's that. a good pick. Um, okay, so my honorables, I'll just run through them because you mentioned most of them. So my number six would have been Animal. Yeah. It's great because, stuff. I mean, come on, man. It's rock. It's an animalistic tune for yeah. sure. Uh, by the way, me and you did songs with animals, remember? Oh, we <laughs> did. That. Did, that. <laughs> we did. That was one of them. Songs that was one. The <laughs> we did that. We did that, yeah. That was such a random uh, We do some weird music shit. <laughs> I don't know, man. At least we're doing something normal tonight, I guess. Uh, number seven, you also mentioned, was State of Love and Trust. Yeah. It's kind of like Pearl Jam in the garage, kind of. It's like really stripped down, raw, like, you know, early Pearl Jam. Uh, and then I've got Even Flow and Alive. Mm. I mean, I don't know. A lot. I mean, Alive is like, as soon as it starts, you're like, oh, okay, here we go. This yeah. is Pearl Jam. And then my last one would have been Immortality from, oh, from Vitology. Yes, that's kind of like a nice... Yeah. Slow trance track there. Hell yeah, trap door in the sun, brother. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good it stuff, buddy. Catches you in the vibe. Uh, any no love for anything after those three albums? There's a couple of good picks. I guess not. <laughs> I didn't do that yeah. on purpose, but I guess not. I you know there's songs like I got id and uh, mm-hmm. given the fly and but again that, and those are great and it's so weird how like I don't want to say they've mellowed out but like it's like it's very can we get very folksy folksy yeah. rock. They're still rock playing the the rock and songs, and they still deliver. But their mm-hmm. sound is like evolved uh, to like almost adult contemporary folk. I know, it's I know. Just, I mean, if the eight time goes by, this is what happens. I mean, these guys have their own serious XM station now. So oh, they do. I don't well, know if you knew that. But. When they were fighting against Ticketmaster, when they were like, "This is not for yeah. you," 
I love that era of Pearl Jam, and I, you can still listen to that shit. No doubt, no doubt. All right, man, so to wrap up the episode, Imran, we head over to social media, and we open up the old suggestion box to see what the fans had to say. We didn't get a ton over there. I was just kind of looking through it, and we did get some hate mail over there, too. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so By the way, uh, can I ask before I read some of these comments, because I remember now when I put this up like a month ago or so, I remember now being kind of surprised by it at the time, but is, is Pearl Jam divisive? Like, I, there seem to be a lot of haters that's what I'm asking. Is that I, a thing? You know, they, you know, they were accused of selling out like in their prime. Remember, even early on, like the like the real grunge fans were like, "Oh, you guys sold out. You're not grunge." But yeah, they, I guess. But, yeah, but that was like 25 years ago. I uh, I don't know how it could be divisive. Maybe some. <laughs> I don't know. Just so don't uh, care for it. I'll shout them out. They're patrons, so I got to give them some love. But I uh, said, "What's your favorite Pearl Jam songs?" Brad, uh, patron of the show, friend of the show, said none of them. Uh, oh, so I just said, Brad, what album is that on? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just said, thanks for your contribution oh to the episode. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and then Nick from uh, Nikolai's Kitchen doesn't like him either. So I'll give him a little shout out too, People I guess. Don't, okay. All right. I get you. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be one. They have so many songs. It's got to be one you're going to like. So I think you know Josh Ragland, right? You, you know that dude. He's uh, a possibly. mutual mutual listener, I believe. Okay. But he... He, I'm kind of bummed because he put up a couple shots of beers he was drinking while he was contemplating his answers, but then I don't think I've ever got his answer. Oh, no. <laughs> I got to go back and find out what they are. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joey Austin. Oh, yeah. I know Joey you, know, you know that guy. He says they do a great cover of Hide Your Love Away. Oh, yeah. There Again, mm-hmm. there's the Beatles, you know, clearly right? inspired influence, and I do love that version of You Gotta Hide Your Love Away. Yeah, for sure. It's right up their alley. Uh, Jared Taylor, patron and friend of the show, said Yellow Ledbetter. Yeah. There you go. He said also he's excited that we're doing this episode because he has tickets to go see them in September. And again, how crazy is it? I'm watching YouTube videos of these guys' concerts from like yesterday. They are still filling arenas. I would love to go see them again, actually. <laughs> yeah, they're doing their thing, man, for sure. But Longev- I longevity. In the, in the 90s. I was like, I never got to see Nirvana. never got to see any of the other grunge acts. I have to see one, and I picked it, and it was Pearl Jam. And it was cool. Yeah, I didn't get to see Nirvana. You know, I saw Pearl Jam a couple times, but both times were in a lot larger venues, and I would prefer, I like Lollapalooza and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. you know, but it was still great. You know, it was still really good, but I wish I had gotten a chance to see them like in a smaller venue dude bad religion opened up for them i remember and that was oh nice dude they're fucking good that's good shit right there uh adam mueller says black would be hit would be his favorite good choice there adam amanda friend of the show says jeremy uh, because it's her husband's name, but also because she sings it to him all the time when it comes <laughs> to the radio. <laughs> yeah, everybody whose name was Jeremy in the 90s probably got sick of this song very quickly. So Chris Yanni, patron in front of the show, uh, said that the, the you know, touch tunes, the like jukebox or yeah, whatever. Yeah, in the bars, yeah. Yeah, so he was there when I put this up on Facebook. So he sent me a little screenshot of oh, the cool. touch tunes of their most popular songs. And it's Black, Yellow, Ledbetter, Better Man, Alive, Last Kiss, and Jeremy. So we mentioned pretty much all oh, those. Yeah, and I said, and I said, is this your list? And he said it was pretty close. So um, the ballad, it's ballad heavy a little bit. Again, that's crazy. I didn't even like my list was ballad heavy, but I love the rock song. Uh, Dan from Netflix and Swill says the one where he goes, hey, huh, hey, huh, so. <laughs> So, yeah. My friend Godfrey, a personal friend of mine from the college days, says uh, verses. And I said, that's a whole album. And he says, exactly. 
So, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's my favorite album too. Um, Julio from the Contrarians, here's his five Even Flow, Alive, Better Man, Do the Evolution, and The Fixer. Oh, The Fixer is a great song. Do the Evolution is actually, that's a pretty good song too. I like The Fixer. And he said that it was one of the best live shows that he'd ever been to, by the way. I mean, they are this generation's like Rolling Stone or Grateful Dead, right? They they, they Mm -hmm. just keep going and you know it's going to be a good show. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, no doubt. Um, let's see. Joshua Michael says he's going to go with daughter. Uh, just breathe animal and thumbing my way. They're all good. They're mm-hmm. all good. So we did get a list from Josh Raglan. It was just a little further down the oh, further, further down the comments. Here. Let's see what he's got here. Uh, his one and two are footsteps and hail hail. Are those newer ones? I don't know those. Hail hail is like late nineties, two thousands, I think. Okay, all right. This is probably newer. I don't know those either. He said he said some early ones that he likes are I got id breath rearview mirror go rats crazy Mary nothing man uh, Sa- uh, Satan's bed and leash. Oh, leash is good. Porch is good. Go, I love go and why go on. Uh, I know, man. Good Por- shit. Yeah. Just- <laughs> uh, let's see. Travis Crawford says corduroy porch, spin the black circle, lax, last exit, and dissident. Dissident's a good one. Oh, I actually consider that one. Yeah. I like spin uh, the black circle because the lyrics very pointedly call out like uh, music periodicals. And you know, yeah, oh, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's coming after them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Paul from the countdown over in Australia says he's got a mix of some hits and deep cuts. His five would be alive, go, black, trimmer Christ, and porch. Oh, Tremor Christ. That's a great cut from my time. I agree, man. Uh, Chris Green says Leash and the Elderly Woman. Uh, that's a good ballad, too. Yeah. Another off of Versus. Yeah, acoustic. Uh, and another great story. Uh, paints another. You see this. You see this diner and this elderly woman there. The whole <laughs> I know, man. It's, it's just the title of that song alone. You're reading it on the album and you're going, what? <laughs> that's <laughs> like, funny. I read that they were like, if you notice on Versus, every other song is a one word title. Right. And they were just trying to be funny. They're like, we're going to make a song with the longest title you've ever seen. Put it on this album. <laughs> uh, Shampoo says, Brian Shampoo says, I like the one where it sounds like Eddie has a mouthful of marbles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. These guys, I tell you. <laughs> And uh, I think that's about it. I didn't want to miss any patrons. Oh, here we go. David Powell, patron in front of the show. They, he said they're not his favorite band, uh, but he does like this list. Daughter, Alive, Once, Even Flow, and Jeremy. So there we go. Something some, for everybody. Some good ones here. And then Chris Green, our buddy uh, who lives in Texas. Uh, he put up a Wikipedia link to the uh, Richardson High School, which is the school where it actually happened in his hometown, near where he lives. Oh, for the Jeremy yeah. song. Yeah, his wife graduated from that school 10 years after it had happened. Wow. Wow, that's a connection. Wow. Yeah, that's a connection I don't know if you want to have, but yeah. thanks for sharing, Chris. Uh, that's it, guys. So thank you for your suggestions over in the suggestion box. Guys, make sure you check the show notes and join up to the Facebook fan page because that is where I interact with my fans the most, and I appreciate your feedback every single week. Uh, Imran, you're the man, dude. Um, you know, sometimes I'm, like, tired. I got to go to work in the morning. I'm like, I got I to record this episode. I got to lay it down. Oh, God, you know, what am I going to do? I got to get, you know, I got to get ready. But as soon as I hear your voice and you come on the mic, man, it's I'm glad I did it because you're a blast to talk to, especially when it's something you're so passionate about. So thanks so much for being here again, man. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm glad I could infect you in the fun way, not in the bad way. (laughs) Yeah, we don't need any more of that these days. We got enough of that going around. Yeah. But yeah, I, I always love coming on the show and I'm so glad it's back. 
Uh, yeah, man. We'll keep it going. And have me over there on Jock and Nerd sometime soon, too. Oh, I miss you. Absolutely. I miss you guys. Yeah, we got, you know, we still got. I'm, Anthony isn't watching many Oscar movies anymore, but we can do. Uh, well, we'll do something. Yeah, I'd love to have. Miss you, yeah. miss you over I just there. I just watched Prey. Did you see that yet? Yes, we actually. Dude, how fucking it. good was that? Dude? It's very good. It is our, the, our latest episode that's coming out. We reviewed it. Oh, okay, sweet. Wow. They actually figured out how to make a good Predator movie, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. I, I watched it last night, actually, and I, was, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. I mean, the CGI was a little, yeah, I was a little spotty, but I don't care. I give it a pass because it was such a good movie, I thought, you know. Uh, so I really dug it. So, yeah, have me back over there, basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe not for Prey, but something else. And, uh, Imran, tell them where they can find Jock and Nerd. They can look up that Prey episode or any other episode that has to do with movies, superheroes, comics, all that kind of stuff. Tell them where they can find you guys. You just got to visit jockandnerd.com. You will find links to all the platforms we're available on. You can listen to the show right there. You can subscribe, follow. Uh, yeah, and like Gerald said, if you're into comic book and superhero TV movies and news. And we also did an amazing 80s action movie tournament bracket-style showdown to determine... Ugh. The greatest 80s action movie of all time. I love that. The winner was selected. You're going to have to listen. Nice. Nice. Yeah, give him a listen, guys. Emron's the man. Make sure you hit him up. All his information is down below in the show notes as well. Uh, follow him on Twitter and all that stuff. Emron, until we meet again, brother, whether it's on the mic or social media or whatever it is, maybe in person someday, who knows? Oh, we'll, we'll have to make that happen. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to, to talk to you again soon, man. So thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Gerald. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a good one.